with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim and Kelly here. Hello. It is day three. Or I should say August the 3rd of the hashtag RPG a day 2022 challenge where we positively talk about things we love about our favorite gaming systems, which is tabletop RPGs because they're, uh-huh. they're cooperative and fun and do all the things that we like to do, which is use our imaginations and stuff. Which gives us an unlimited special effects budget in our minds. In your mind's eye. And how much doodling you can do on a uh, dry erase board. <laughs> or grid map, as the case may be. Or the Roll20 website or Fantasy Grounds, depending on if you're using virtual tabletops. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, there is no perfect or imperfect way to game. Just go out there and game. Woohoo. So, Kelly, today's August the 3rd. Yes, yes it is. When were you first introduced to RPGs? Oh, it was about when I was uh, about nine, nine or ten. Um, uh, one of the boys in the neighborhood, uh, he was, uh, he was like, "Hey, <laughs> you guys want to play a game with me?" And we're like, me and my um, brother and my sister. Um, but my brother was. Uh, closer friends with him it's like well would your sisters be interested in playing we need a group of people and i'm like sure so uh um we went over to his place and uh in the he had a sunken living room which i thought was really kind of cool um and we would just sit on the floor and we would he taught us the game it was it was really cool and we're like what we can be these these incredible characters and stuff I remember the very first character I ever created. It was a rogue. Ah, good solid choice. Mm-hmm. Her name was Rotaba. See, I don't remember exactly when I got into RPGs. I remember it's mid mid eighties, you know. About then, you know, I was like somewhere between eight and ten. But my cousin Leland had some high school friends come over and they were playing D and D. And he totally got wrangled into the, you know, can your cousin play? Because <laughs> it was summer, and I, I got bounced around with, with all the, the extended family usually then, because mm-hmm. that's what I loved about summer. 
And uh, I recall uh, I, I asked for what was the easiest to play. And, of course, I was given a fighter, which is great because, you know, every action movie ever has some kind of rendition of the fighter. So it's super easy to, you know, key in on the guy who I was playing was basically a prince, you know. You know, here this this prince fighter was who was not the best person but a fighter and good with what he did. So I just knew, go in there and hit it with a sharp end. <laughs> Didn't have a huge grasp of what I was doing, but I knew that the dice were super cool because it was the old-fashioned polyhedron that were all super dried-out plastic and really cheap. Yeah, but it was really cool because the first time you get um, exposed to them, it's like the, the only dice you ever saw were just the standard six-sided dies, you know, that would be with games, you know, like board games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were like, ooh, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and, of course, you know, it was funny because I, I do recall back then they did not color in their numbers. Nope, nope. You had uh, uh, the original set came with a crayon, although we lost the crayon right away. Mm-hmm. You had to use a crayon to fill in the numbers. Oh, no, I mean Leland's group. They didn't actually fill in the numbers, so it was like a pain in the ass to hit the light beam on the crayons just right to see them. I'm like, mm. so it makes me wonder how many, how many fudge calls were made on those dice rolls. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, that was a 19, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, and th- and this was, of course, the old, you know, first edition box set, you know. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know, I was fascinated by the blue maps and the covers for the, you know, the modules. And then, of course, years later, I found out why it was blue maps instead of black maps. Why? Interesting side note. In the old D&D days, when the modules had the blue maps, the reason why they used that, because those don't photocopy for nothing. Ah, so that's right. So you can't reproduce them because it's a special printer's trick they use with the blue ink mm-hmm. to make sure it can't be copied in the old-fashioned photocopiers. Yeah. So lo and behold, that was a secret of the old uh, D&D modules and things when they, they had the blue maps in there so you could not photocopy it. You had to actually have the cover. Ah. I thought it was genius, pain in the butt, but genius. <laughs> and then, of course, we all know nowadays scanners mean that doesn't matter because yeah. we have these phones that are smart and they can take a quick screenshot and you can totally send that around the table. Mm-hmm. But then again, the, the idea of content sharing in RPGs has changed a lot. Which, well, it has to evolve with the times. Mm-hmm, and it's definitely changed for the better because I like... I like a lot of the game companies out there, like Evil Hat's one of the big ones. And uh, I know Mephis, uh, Modius does it, and a few of the other companies that if you go to their website and you buy the hard copy, you get the PDF free or not as much. So it's like you can get the hard copy, and then for $10 more, you get the PDF. Though I totally like Evil Hat Games, because if you buy from them, you always get the PDF for free, which is super cool. Yeah, but and it makes sense. But, you know, it they have to make money, too, um, you know, so they can make more content. Very true, because we have to support the artists that create the things that we like in all mm-hmm. things in life, whether it's gaming, 
steampunk or any other fandom that you are part of like comic books you know you do have to buy the comic books to support new comic books hopefully they make new stuff instead of just the old content repainted i mean how many times can you hear about batman's parents so basically what we're saying is we we played D&D a long long time ago huh I'm sorry what I said basically a long time ago we we, we played started playing D&D a long long time ago yes are you playing World of Warcraft right now no you seem distracted sorry I got a, a ping I, I don't know what that means but okay <laughs> a message oh <laughs> Okay, guys, we will definitely say that's a good place to wrap it up there. Find a friend who doesn't roleplay and at least offer to throw a game for them so they can learn to roleplay and say that was when they first learned to play roleplaying games. Just saying. <laughs> Be the person who helps people learn about RPGs. Get them addicted. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it that way, but yeah, totally share the pain. It's not the pain, it's the glory. And parents, get your kids involved in RPGs or wargaming, and they'll never have money for drug problems. <laughs> or moving out of your basement. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, have a great night, and we will be back tomorrow with day four. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash CPPN to never miss a show or stream. 